God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, please bless the reading of thy holy word. Please give us of thy spirit to enlighten our understanding. Please help me to speak what is true for thy glory and the lifting up of thy people. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. Special to have the opportunity to preach at the 10 o'clock when I was doing my internship, when I was doing the preaching at 10 o'clock was during the, the lockdown and uh, the live stream turned off so nobody heard it. Anyway, it wasn't very good so that's okay. So today is the Sunday after Christmas and it's also the feast of St. John the Evangelist, which leaves the task of trying to put these things together. So John is the disciple whom Jesus loved. He's the evangelist who wrote one of the Gospels and is known as the Apostle of Love. He was the youngest of the Apostles and was called by Jesus in his early 20s. And John was of the last alive to have known the Lord Jesus in the flesh. And he was loved by the Church and how they were eager to hear his teachings. And when he was called upon to preach, he got up in front of the congregation and would say a one-line sermon, little children, love one another. And John died as an old man, the only apostle who was not murdered for his faith. Although they tried to kill him, like in the book of Daniel, when Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the furnace for refusing to worship the king of Babylon in his image, John refused to worship the Roman emperor in his image, and thus was thrown into a pot of boiling oil. But he, left, he was left unharmed. So in the Romans' frustration, they sent him in exile to the Isle of Patmos where he received the revelation of Jesus Christ concerning the persecution of the last days. And it is John who wrote, God is love, which is found nowhere else in the Bible. I'm thinking he's the most approachable of the Bible writers. His themes are often love and light. And people of all sorts are attracted to these ideas. But in reality, John's ideas of love and light would not be the same. They are not compatible with what the world would say is love and light. John's ideas of love is of the love of Almighty God. It is a love that is hearty and robust. It is not a weak sentimentality. It presumes entire commitment and sacrifice. For John, love is always grounded in the truth. And like light does not mix with darkness, truth cannot mix with lies. In his day, John's contenders were the Gnostics, which was a pagan Christian sect which took bits and pieces from different religions. And their big thing was to find salvation through the obtaining of knowledge and an element of oneness with the nature, and of course, 
there was a denial of Christ's full divinity. So John, who is the apostle of love, he had a righteous hatred for deceit and for lies. And for those who spread the deceit and lies. There is one time, a story where John was bathing in the public pools of a bath. A teacher of the Gnostics entered the pool. John said to his company, get me out of here. We have no business mixing with this man and his lies. So John wouldn't even have fellowship or even share the same pool with someone who denied the truth willingly of Jesus. For us today, this sounds awfully mean, unloving, and rather rigid. But why? Should we not be like John and have a hatred for the things that God hates, especially against truth? And God's word says, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. The fact is, God hates lies because of the, harms, the harm that lies cause. Lies cause such harm. And it's for various reasons, but here in 1 John, it is about our personal deceptions. Thinking or saying that I live in the light and I walk in the darkness. When I think I'm a good person and I do wrong things. Thinking I have nothing wrong with me when I have everything wrong with me. In our prayer book, the lesson ends halfway through the first chapter. But in uh, previous prayer books, the whole chapter was read, and I think uh, it's important to read the whole chapter to get the point that John was saying. So I read the first chapter of the first epistle of John. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have ha handled the word of truth, the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show it to you, that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father, and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. It's kind of noticing that when John writes... It's not very structured, it's kind of in a circle. So he goes back and forth between the two things. So first I'll touch on the things you say that are negative, and then the things that are positive. 
But in summary, the first chapter is The Gospel is God's Light, which shows what I really am. I realize that I have failed, and this leads me to repentance, and me being able to be honest about my sins and failings. And when I'm honest with God, He is faithful to forgive me. So first off, John testifies that he has experienced the Lord Jesus, the Word of Life, with his senses, his touch, sight, and hearing. And John wants people to know the realness of who Jesus is, so that the world will know Jesus and share in his fellowship. And this is so that your joy might be full. And we must keep this in mind when we get into the heavy, bar the heavy parts, that passing through these dark places is for the better, because there is a real joy in the end. And when the lesson ended, John says, God is light, and in him, in him is no darkness at all. Which is a nice saying, but we need to qualify this, and John does qualify this. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and don't do the truth. Which is hypocrisy. Saying one thing and doing another. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. This is a self-inflicted deception, lying to yourself. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So believing and living in a deception, in a lie, means I take the truth as a lie, which is backwards, yet it happens all the time. Untruths have a lot of consequences. Holding on to an untruth to make myself feel good at the time is to say the truth is a lie for the sake of my own convenience. An unwillingness to let go of untrue ideas or belief systems is delusion. An unwillingness to be open to the truth out of fear of the discomfort and awkwardness it brings. And the fruits of falsehood is everything that is backwards and upside down. And today, we have so much of this fake news that we hear so much about. So much conflicting information being proclaimed. It's maddening. And the results, the fruits of this is complete confusion, fear and shame, distrust and suspicion, anxiety, anger, and even violence. And it goes on and on. We've all experienced it. We experience it in our neighbors and in ourselves. But the most harmful delusion is really thinking, I can do it on my own. I don't need God. I don't need the Bible to tell me what is right or wrong. I can live my life my own way. And this deception goes all the way back to the very beginning of humanity. In the Garden of Eden, man was innocent. Every day, Adam and Eve walked with God face to face. What happened? Satan the devil whispered a half-truth, a lie, to deceive our first parents, Adam and Eve. They took heed to the lie and were deceived. They were beguiled. They doubted the truth of what God had said 
acting on the doubt, brought the world into sin and darkness. And the original sin was never ever about the fruit that they ate, but it was about rejecting God's word, that God's word was not enough. And this action says to God, I don't trust you. And I think this is so sad, that God is love. And I say that, but will not take him at his word. This is walking in darkness, and it is a, a downward spiral to my own destruction. Deceiving ourselves, living a double life, living a lie, creating a fantasy in the mind to cope with the realities of life. It begins inwardly in your thoughts and in the heart, and then begins to manifest itself outwardly. It seeps out to outward actions and words. Now it's not only myself that is being hurt, but it's those around me, those that I love. And everything becomes dark and hopeless when you believe a lie. But there is hope, there is redemption when there is light, when the deceit is cast out from the light. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all our sin. Walking in the light leads to the cleansing blood of Jesus. It leads to the cross. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In the brightness of the shadow of the cross, I can see the reality of what I am. I can be honest of what I've done and confess it. And here is the mystery, that the eternal God comes into the darkness of the human world. So Jesus, in a way of speaking, becomes a light to humanity by becoming human. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. God, in his unapproachable glory, puts on humanity. He's born in a human body, takes a human soul and a human mind. Jesus' entire Godhead coexists entirely with his humanity. And this is not so much for him to understand us, but for him to for us to understand him. Sometimes I don't think we understand the ways we cannot handle God. I think of Moses. He spent time with God on the mountain, and we had come down, his face was shining with God's glory. And people ran away from him and were afraid. People couldn't even bear the sight of secondhand glory. But Jesus' glory and character are expressed in a human being, so that we will not be startled by him and his truth. His life, his ministry and teaching is a life. That is, it brings us to see what we really are and to know God. In darkness, one continues in delusion, because it is what I know. But when I know the light of Jesus, I can realize that I was wrong. I can realize I was walking in the wrong direction, because I now see the path, and the path which leads to the cross. 
Once at that cross, I see the horrors of my sin, the reality of what I have done. Now I can be honest about what I have done because there's no hiding at the foot of the cross. What I am and the limits of what I can do are seen because I see Jesus hanging there in my place because he loves me. The shadow of the cross then becomes a light. And then it is washed in the blood, the price that Jesus paid so that I could live free. And God is so faithful, he wants to forgive and heal all the wounds of our humanity. And this is the gospel that John devoted his whole life in sharing, bringing countless, countless souls to salvation. In the dark world, the light of the gospel brings the fullness of joy. And this is why it needs to be shared and spoken about. And it matters a great deal what one believes about themselves and about God, or else there would be no chance of things to be made right. And this is why John was ready to stand up against error and to bring truth. God has spoken to us. He has spoken to us in ways that we can understand through His Son. And what He says should be clear to us. It's important to get it right. What He says about Himself and about us is the truth. And what we might think about these things might not be true. God sees the whole picture and we do not. And when God speaks, it's not a discussion, because He speaks truth in love, bringing healing. Here I want to read a couple paragraphs from an article called The Scriptures as a Safeguard. It has helped me to understand clearly that I need to take heed to what God has said in His Word. The truth and glory of God are inseparable. It is impossible of us, with the Bible within our reach, to honor God by erroneous opinions. Many claim it matters not what one believes, if his life is only right. But the life is molded by the faith. If light and truth is within our reach, and we neglect to improve the privilege of hearing and seeing it, we virtually reject it, and we are choosing darkness rather than light. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Ignorance is no excuse for error or sin, when there is every opportunity to know the will of God. A man is traveling and comes to a place where there are several roads and a guideboard indicating where each one leads. If he disregards the guideboard and takes whichever road seems to him to be right, he may be ever so sincere, but will in all probability find himself on the wrong road. I find this image very powerful. It's convicting to me that we have such access to God's Word, to truth, and to life, yet so often we neglect it. And it's Christmas. We always sing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing not considering what it means. Hark, to listen, to be attentive and consider what the messenger is saying. That God is among men, that he is shining light in our darkness, 
leading us to truth and to freedom. When we're not in the truth, we bear a burden. And when we're in the truth, it is, it is released. There is no need to fear when the truth is there, when it is embraced. And God gives us all that we ever need to know the truth and to be honest with ourselves and with Him. Take heed to what He has to teach us. He cannot lie, because God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee ever so much for giving us Thy Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior. Help us ever to seek what is true in the light of Thy grace. Help us to understand what is true by the Holy Spirit. And let us have the faith and love to take Thee at Thy word and to be set free by it. And let us ever cling to Thy truth even when it is difficult for us to grasp. Let us not only to hear it and to understand, but also to act on it and to be transformed. I pray thee to bless the rest of our worship and let us know thy presence here in thy temple. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.